Welcome to NIL Undressed. I'm Ryan Schachner, along with the future mayor of Rock Hill, South Carolina, also known as Football City USA, due to producing more NFL talent than anywhere else in the country, Dr. Cheney Robinson. Good morning. Cheney, on this episode, we get to stay in state, right? We get to visit yeah. a campus that that we know rather well. Uh, a school that you now appreciate, you know, you get to appreciate more ACC football being a uh, a Georgia, uh, you know, grad and lifelong fan, right? That's right. Yep. And, and we're going down the road to Clemson University, right? And we're talking to Alex Tufel. He isn't on the football team, however, right? He's on the Clemson track team and he's a decathlete. So I, I had to, honestly, I'm not going to lie, I had to look up what all events it, and holy cow, like he's the real deal, right? Like, yeah, uh, you, you got to be able to do everything. And so, uh, so for, for all those that need explaining, right, this means that Alex doesn't just have to master one event. He has to master 10 events and, and perform them like to keep, you know, all of them, you know, it goes into the score, right? He could probably explain better than with my limited research. Right. Uh, but Alex got on campus and with all the practice time it takes to master 10 events, he has to go to class. Of course, you have to have a social life. Um, and he said, you know what? I need to do something else, right? I've got too much time on my hands. And he saw an opportunity and he says, hey, there needs to be more transparency, less obstacles for athletes and more inclusivity for all athletes for NIL because I don't really see it. So Alex said, you know, if I feel this way, then surely some of the 650,000 college athletes that are out there surely feel this way as well. And, and instead of just sitting back and, you know, letting things happen, he decided to create a platform to fix it. So with all that, man, Alex, welcome to NIL Undressed. Thank you, Ryan. Absolutely. Welcome to the show. Alex, what we like to do, we'll get off, get, get, get rolling with a lot of rapid fire questions. So here we go. How did you end up as a decathlete? Okay. So high school, I was a pole vaulter only until about my junior year. And then my high school team just did not have any depth. So that I was a pole vaulter and they're like, Hey, can you go throw a shot? Can you go run the 400? Can you go whatever? And so then after that, my head coach was like, yeah, why don't you just why don't you just try to be multi? And I still, I wasn't huge on the idea. And then when I started, I was doing my recruiting to do a, a go to a, a mid-major division one school or division three school. And I started getting emails from uh, power five coaches to be a multi. So I thought, okay, I think that's the route to do. There you go. How many decathletes are there? Um, In uh, the world and Co college sports, right? Oh. Because, Cause there can't be like, that's, that's such a, you know, a, a niche sort of event. Yeah. So not every team has the support staff to actually handle multis and some conferences don't support it. Right. So, um, but for the most part in D division one, I'd say, you know, maybe eight of 10 schools in a conference have one or two uh, versus, versus a sprint team. That's, you know, a depth of nine or 10. Got it. Um, yeah. Cool. All right, you mentioned pole vaulting. How long did it take for you to get comfortable pole vaulting? Yeah, I, I tell this to a lot of people. I feel like everyone's like, oh, isn't it scary? But it's like truly not because when you first start, you're jumping like two feet. Like you're barely leaving the ground. 
And so as you as you progress, right, you only go up a centimeter at a time. So it's like not scary because you're like, I'm not jumping high, I'm not jumping high, I'm not jumping high. And then sooner or later you're jumping 14, 15 feet and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I've been doing this for a long time. So uh I guess like you need to have a little bit of of uh you got to turn your brain off at times. And I think that's why that'll come to hurt me and, and a lot of my other peers. Like if you're not fully prepared to like turn your brain off for a jump and your body feels like it's a little far out or too, too close, it's just nothing works. You know, it'll, it'll turn yeah. No, I get it. You gotta be relaxed as you're doing it. Yeah. Ten, tensing up is not going to uh, give you the result that you want. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're on campus. What's your favorite restaurant and what's that, What's that menu item that's your go-to menu item? Okay. Um, wow, that's tough. I'm a I'm a huge dining hall guy, so I'm not a huge I don't eat out a ton. Um, that's just that's a that's a me being frugal thing. But I think uh like on campus, I'm gonna have to go out to Tiger Boulevard. Okay. We're gonna have to venture out a little bit. Yep. Waffle House, because there's no Waffle House near me. I'm from suburban Philadelphia. And there is two Waffle Houses in the state, but it's like, you know, $15 for an all-star or something like that. So yeah. the good old- a little like, bit of everything there. Yeah. So I, I like the all-star, but I get it. I get it like a hash brown bowl. So I get it with hash browns instead of grits, scrambled eggs instead of uh, fried eggs, cheese on top, and then a waffle. So it's just a hash brown scramble and a waffle for like a dollar more. That's that's where That's how I do. There you go. I, I think this Waffle House needs to just sponsor Clemson, right? Because That's we right. have Trevor That's Lawrence good. after his playoff win hitting up Waffle House. We have Alex talking about Waffle House. Like they need to they need to either open up one right on campus or in the dining hall or or just start sponsoring uh through NIL with, with Clemson athletes. I think yeah, it would do so good on campus. Like there's so much nightlife. Right? Like if, even if it was just open like Friday, Saturday, Sunday or something, but it would do so well. We're going to speak it into existence. Absolutely. Right. All right. Biggest. So you moved from Pennsylvania to South Carolina. All right. Yeah. The the biggest unexpected surprise moving from Pennsylvania to South Carolina. Okay. Th- th- this one's tough. Um, it's like, I guess, like the political correctness of the North. It's not reflect in the South. I, you know, like, yeah, I, I'm a very respectful person. I don't really care who you are, what you want to do. Not my problem. Right. But in the South, it was, you know, the, the, I guess the thing that's talking to me is right. Like, it doesn't matter if it's your, your mom, your sister, your girlfriend, you open the door for them. You know, if you're going to Russia. So my, my friends would stop at a door and be like, Oh, like, you know, I, I, okay, I'll open it. Right. And you say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. You know, everything like that. So I come home and I'm like itching for Wawa, dude. I have not had Wawa in so long. It is the <laughs> best place ever. So I get off the plane. I drive straight to Wawa and I go in there and I'm like, oh, like, would you like a receipt? And I'm like, oh, no, ma'am. And I get a lecture in Wawa about not saying ma'am and stuff. So it, it was just, it was a little bit of a change between <laughs> North and the South. So um, it is what it is, you know, teach their own. But uh, definitely wasn't wasn't used to that when I got back and wasn't used to it when I went there either. So a little bit of a cultural difference, like politically, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People don't hold back for sure. That that yeah. is that is 100 percent. All right, man, I'm excited because you're not just this 
you know, uh, I say a passive NIL athlete and by passive, uh, that's not a, it's not a derogatory, right? It's, you're not just out there trying to get deals, right? Um, but you're also, um, you know, you, you came up with this platform. You said, I'm going to fix it, right? Uh, some of the, the, uh, injustices that you, um, that you were seeing, right? So, you know, but before we get into all that, I've got to, you, you kind of went and were recruited during this NIL period, right? Right. So what were your top three schools? that you were looking at and how, if at all, did NIL play into selecting, you know, you going to Clemson? Um, my, my top schools were uh, Penn state Clemson and University of Louisville. And I'm um, just doing like visits and stuff like that. I, I narrowed it down and I'm, and I'm glad one of the schools in my top three was a, a school that I was able to go to. Um, though I have to be honest, I don't think I let NIL play a part in that at all. Really. I, I kind of, um, because of the fact that I knew, like, I was a track athlete, like no one's, no one cares. Like, I'm not going to get any, I'm not going to get some crazy sponsorship. I'm not going to get a truck. I'm not going to like, whatever. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think it, it ever came in, in, into my mind. And it was kind of, again, it was in the infancy. So when I was getting recruited, it was four months old. And so when I signed, it was six months old or something like that. Right. So I, yeah. I, I had no idea kind of what it would be. And, and, um, I don't think the schools had any, like on my visit, they said nothing about NIL to e- every school, but I, now on our visits, we, we, we talk about it to our recruits. So, um, I don't think at the time I was recruited, it really played a part, but I obviously hindsight, I'm glad I chose Clemson. We have our own branding center. We have, um, an amazing collective and, and things like that. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. It was so young that the schools were still trying to figure out what it was going to mean. Yeah, uh, but but Clemson went all in, right? Like once they connected the dots on it, um, with the branding center and, and and all of that type of stuff. So how you know? I mean, that's got to be a huge advantage when you're talking and bringing recruits on. Yeah, I think I think the branding center is big. I wasn't a huge fan of it at first because I wasn't sure like what it was and who it was available to. But I think it's going to be big for like just in general content creation. Like if I'm going to make any sort of um, like sponsorship for a clothing brand, I can go in there, have my buddy come in with his camera. I can wear the the shirt in front of a, you know, great lighting, good backdrop. And, and that's that. And so it allows for a place to create and curate content as well as like podcasts and stuff like that. So I think that's huge. And, And that's, yeah, like pe- people talk all the time on on my team and around Clemson. Oh my gosh, you know football. Football gets this and this and this, and football gets this and this and this. It's like, well, well, they 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 paid for that for us. Like football paid for that, and track gets to use it. Like we're not making money. Track team isn't making money. Yeah, and they're they're gifting that to us as as a part of athletics. So I think, um, just very very grateful for uh, for Coach Sweeney and and his like his drive to, to do that. Cause I know that was something that he was super um, motivated to, to get done. So to allow everyone to use it is, um, is a huge plus, a huge plus. Yeah. So that if we could rewind then, right. So knowing what you know, now, if you were in that college search, uh, still being a track athlete, 
how would um, obviously, you know, academics is important and, and, you know, the region and, and all that type of stuff. Right. But how would you uh, being you, but also being a track athlete view NIL as a part of the recruiting process? What would you, what would you be looking for? And that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like in terms of school, like in a school decision, I tell everyone, like, it's about the strength of the collective and it's not about anything else really. Like, because you're going to go somewhere and there's going to be local brands to do deals with. There's going to be national brands to do deal with. There's going to be sites you can join that does all this stuff. But the actual strength of the collective that can that can help pay for school is, is going to matter a lot. So you look at a school like Arkansas. Arkansas and Fayetteville, they have the two, two of the largest corporations in the country that give, you know, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions collectively to this collective. It's Tyson Chicken and Walmart. You know, their track team, every track team in the country, I think men's men's team has like 12.4 full scholarships in every division one program. Right. I'm almost positive that everyone on the Arkansas team is on some sort of assistance beyond the scholarships because of the collective, because of how strong the collective is, right? Yeah. And so and I'm I'm not sure, but there's like it's just in my mind, it's like, well, these people are leaving because they don't get enough money from this school. So they're going there. They probably can either have a great, they have a great endowment, amazing grades, some sort of great scholarship. Um, but I, I do know and I've heard from people who are on the team that the collective is super strong. And so I think when you look at a school, the strength of the collective really matters. And then like what the collective stands for, what, what they do. If it's some collective, where it's like, oh, sign merch and we'll sell it. Like, well, no one wants to buy an Alex Tufel trading card. Yeah. <laughs> no one. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that's like, that doesn't help me at all. But like with Tiger Impact at Clemson, it's like, hey, go support a local nonprofit. It's like, oh, I want to do that. Like, I would like to, I would like to support kids in the foster system, right? But like, no one's gonna buy my trading card. Like, come on, right? Yeah, you got a, you got a good dose of reality in that too. So that, right. that's, that's <laughs> good. So it's so it's look at look at the collective and the strength of the collective if you're if you're weighing in the NIL piece in your decision making process. Absolutely, and also like a lot of schools will so. The way that scholarships work across schools is so is so different. So like certain schools just have this bureaucratic, you know, like system where the the scholarships are on a percent basis. So instead of giving 12.4 full scholarships, they give here's 1,240% to give to all your athletes. So if you're in state and it's only, you know, half the price, that's still 100%. And if you're if you're out of state, it's still 100%. But a, a lot of schools have it so here's, you know, 12.4 times the Cost of out of state tuition, they can handle a lot more. And then if the collective can even help with that, that's kind of a place where like, wow, how can I actually lower my education costs? If you're already on a full, that's where you got to say like, I got the best, I got to get the best collective because then that that turns into money my 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 pocket, money I can pay for a down payment for my first house, a car, whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yep. All right, so Alex and you, we not you and I talked about this before we started recording, but. You recently attended the NIL Summit in Atlanta, right? Yeah. What were some of the biggest takeaways from your time there? Yeah. Um, yeah. First of all, hats off to Influencer and Sunil for, for putting on a good event. I really enjoyed it. And I'd say like my biggest takeaways were one, um, the connections. I mean, like I think I connected with 200 athletes some on Instagram and like, Whatever I got, some people have their their phone number now. I'm, I'm going to visit them. Like they're just super cool. 
Um, and people who, who I look up to, too, like a lot of really like older, you know, athletes in grad school who have just great things to say. Um, and then also is I think the the people who want to play in the space is more than we think. And I think that's kind of my biggest takeaway is like yeah. brands are all looking to jump in and don't know how. Like I just I did like Investo was a sponsor. Like, what do they want to do? They don't know yet. But they're like, let's sponsor the summit and see what happens. TurboTax was a sponsor. It's like, what is what does TurboTax want to do? You know, because when you think of brand sponsorship, do you think of like a drink cup, like Gatorade or like whatever? But like there's yeah. so many more players than you think. And they were talking about how many, you know, meeting people who have had 50 NIL deals. And it's like, this is like with the underwear brand, and you've had a, you know, a a, a soap, like what like weird stuff like that. And you're like, Okay, so everyone wants to everyone wants a piece of the pie, and they don't really know how to how to do it. And so they're all we're all figuring this out together. Yeah, and I and I agree with that. You know, it's well, it's the it's the connections that and the collaboration, right? I mean, there's a ton of collaboration that comes out of, and it's it's the groups of athletes trying to elevate each other and get bigger and do deals and just the creativity on the athlete side, but. You know, even with some of the local deals that we helped, and I got to say, we're not agents, right? But that we helped just in the early days of NIL with golfers and a and a you know local golf, um, you know, one of those virtual golf deals where you hit into a mat and all that type of stuff. Once the business understood how to use NIL. Uh, it was a huge, I mean, it was a grand slam with nobody on base sort of uh, opportunity for the business, right? And once, so once the business understood how to use it, what it actually meant, they couldn't get that type of advertising and response for that cost anywhere else. And so, and, you know, that's just not a big brand. That's a local brand in a strip mall here, you know, outside Charlotte. And, um, and so it's it, there's just tons of ways for these businesses to get a good ROI and and also include athletes, but it's also the learning that the athletes get, right? It's the yeah. practical, you know, the life skills that they're that they're also getting. Can you hit on that a little bit? Yeah, I I see a lot of like I see so many deals that are like, oh, we're gonna like teach you how to how to, how to be an adult and manage your money and blah, 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 blah. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I don't know. I see so many like opportunities like, oh, we're going to, we're going to teach student athletes about financial freedom. And, and it's like, no, you're not like what? And it's like, it doesn't even make sense. It's like, are you going to pay me? And it's like, no, just read our, read our book. It's like, well, what? It doesn't make any sense. And I think it's a PR it's a jump on PR. Like, Companies are like, oh, we need let's send let's send all these athletes this book and have them read it so that they think, oh, that company just loves student athletes, don't they? And I don't know. I'm not a huge believer in like the great companies that are like, let's help this. But what what is important, Ryan, is I think something that you were you were kind of meaning by that. And it's like when it's like I get my NIL deal, I need to file taxes. Yes. That's something I really need to do. And when I, when I do an NIL deal, I need to take time out of my day and hop on a phone call with someone and create a contract, which is a real skill. And then on top of that, there's content creation and creativity, which is a real skill. So anything that says we're going to help athletes do this crazy thing is normally not right. But any, any NIL deal actually is shaping 
our professional careers in the future, which is absolutely like so right. But I needed to bash the companies that want to help us. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. You you can definitely tell the PR moves that are out there um, and so uh, versus many, versus the real deal. So, yeah, 100 percent. It's the life skills that you learn as an athlete by participating in the NIL process. Right. And that yeah. process involves the content creation. It's the talking to um, the businesses. Right. Communicating with the you know, whether it's the owners or the marketing people learning that language, learning how to read the contracts, the execution of the contracts, exactly. receiving right. the money. It's all of that type of stuff that that you're getting. Um, I mean, it's almost in some ways better than taking a course in it because you're yeah. you're learning it right there, real life yeah. examples. So yeah. And and like honestly the the support from like our staff. So like compliance and whatever, like I can hop in their office any day of the week and and make sure somebody's compliant and talk about, hey, you know, can you help me with this tax document? I'm not sure what this this contract is. This good for me? Is this okay with the school? And I think just those conversations alone give us like, I'm more versed in law now, in the way that a, a, a contract works than I ever was, and I feel like the I don't I don't know if I could take a class in that until my senior year, and I'm a management yeah. major. So who knows? Maybe business law is my senior year. Yeah, like I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. So it's a great way to to get a head start. Absolutely. All right. I I alluded to this earlier, right? Um, but let me set the stage a little bit. NIL goes live on July first, twenty twenty one. Athletic departments are trying to figure things out, right? Athletes are getting deals. Collectives are formed, really largely at the Power Five level. Now starting to trickle down to some mid majors and all that type of stuff. Um, you know, resources have, um, you know, become available. Deals are starting to get done largely for the revenue sports. Um, so, and that's not all that surprising, right? But you get on campus and you realize that there's an opportunity for all athletes, right? It it wasn't even really on your radar screen when you were looking, but now there's this, you see what NIL is, right? There's this opportunity for all athletes, even though not all athletes are getting deals, right? So you brushed aside that narrative and you said, hey, I've got to be, you know, you don't have to be the quarterback or, you know, uh, all in on being that influencer person, right? Um, And you decided to make a difference. So tell us kind of that process, right? What did you find when you got on campus? Uh, What type of conversations were you having with the other athletes regarding NIL? And how did your, you know, your solution Tell us about that, obviously, but you know, how did that all come about? We want to thank our sponsor, Success Beyond Game Day. For many athletes, the last safe place was the locker room. They could be themselves and not be judged. Success Beyond Game Day creates a locker room community for athlete development. Partnering with individual athletes, high schools, athletic departments, college and pro teams on building their brands, understanding name, image, and likeness, how to get deals, and personal finance, all while leveraging a proprietary assessment that identifies core skills that athletes can leverage to create a competitive advantage, all while creating an environment where athletes can connect to push each other to greatness. Check it out at www.successbeyondgameday.com. Yeah. So the average Division One athlete has 8,000 followers. And the engagement rate on an athlete's profile is eight times the average profile. And 
I, I was reading actually Nicholas Lord and no cap sports had this on their website. And it was like, so like people are more likely to purchase from it, from an athlete by like maybe two times or something. I forget the exact setup. So don't, don't quote me on that. Um, but I, I was just sitting there and I'm thinking like, I have a following of people like this, all like high school track athletes, like, but besides my friends at school, my friends from home, like I have probably a thousand followers that are high school track athletes that either want to compete in college who are, you know, committed to compete in college or they're competing in college, you know, at a different school. And like, that's a great audience. And I have an, I have an insane engagement rate for, I have a 23% engagement rate, which is unheard of, right? Like most people have like a point, like a point seven or but athletes have insane engagement rates. And it's just because of what we do and how we post. and, And that's, that's a huge part of it. And so, kind of realizing like, so I'm in a Bible study with a bunch of our football guys that have, you know, tons of followers and um, they're just such, they're such amazing guys and they have these awesome opportunities and um, realizing like, Hey, how can I bridge that gap? Like I don't have um, 60,000 followers. So no one's going to give me like this big money. But the problem is these businesses like, and the collectives, a lot of their goal isn't like, let's get sponsorships. A lot of them is like, let's, I'm a local business owner. I own Clemson construction contracting or whatever. I normally give seven figures annually to uh, IPTE, but instead I'm going to give it to the collective because I want the strength of the football team to be better. And I want the team to do better. I want them to win a championship so that my season tickets, I can go to the championship game and whatever. So there's a, there's a part of the, there's a part of the thing. That's like a bunch of people who would normally give to the program to help build a new facility or give to IPTE are actually giving to the collective to assist the football team. But then the other half of it is the actual individual brands and businesses that are large and smaller looking to do campaigns or individual partnerships with athletes. So the biggest issue that I've seen with sites like uh, Open Doors, Open Sponsorship, uh, Mogul, Post Game, is they cannot figure out how to maximize ROI. Here, here you are giving an athlete forty thousand followers. Here's here's a hundred bucks for a post. Hell no, never take that. And I have friends that are that have like fifteen thousand followers and a forty percent engagement rate, and they're taking deals for like a hundred bucks. I'm like, guys, stop, because you're like you're you're making your value less. Where it's like, for me, I know I have, you know, 2,900 followers or something like that. A post for me is worth about a hundred bucks. So someone yep. came off of me a hundred bucks for a post. Absolutely. I'll, I'll take it. But I've had, I've had posts that are, they say 50 bucks. I said, I'm sorry, I can't take it. Right. Because, because I need to make sure that I'm hitting my value. But part of that is that those brands can't understand and and risk right like for for the bit for the big brands right nerf dunkin donuts they get they, their dungans campaign they were giving like 15 grand to every athlete and it was such a waste of money because like as much as like they're in the space and they're, they're players was like they were giving like 15 20 grand to athletes that were getting like maybe you know fifteen thousand impressions on their post with right. eight thousand likes like that's everyone knows what dunkin donuts is you don't need awareness right and and same with these affiliate, like affiliate stuff is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, right? Unless it's like, for example, like pole vault, like there's brands that say, okay, if you if you're a pole vaulter in college, you can you can sell poles with your link and you'll get it. like 
that's different because it's like a very niche thing and whatever. Right. But it's like, oh, we're a Christian apparel company, right? That's what we all see. Like Christian apparel company, use our code like Jesus one and you'll get 10% off and then you, you get a cut of it. And then they're like, oh yeah, you get 15% off on the storefront. So go buy whatever you want and then post it. Like, no, like what? <laughs> and so I have friends taking these deals like left and right and left and right. And it's like the worst, like spend money to make not any money or take a hundred bucks for a post that's worth so much more. And, and part of it is like, I have friends that like, they have no income. Right. So it's like, well, I might as well make a hundred bucks, but it's like, well, it's, it's, it, that's where it's tricky. And it's because, you know, brands like Clemson pizzeria, for example, say, okay, we have this budget, we have a thousand dollars, but if we give it to you and your post gets no traffic and whatever, like you're not, that means we just lost money. So what Array Athletic did was we we're, we're partnering with a company called DMT, who is um, who has developed an API for uh, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, and uh, like Twitch, and they they've already used it on Twitch and YouTube for a long time. So they're in in development right now for Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. And what it does is before an athlete actually posts, they can see the they they can see within the first 30 days how many impressions, likes, engagement is gonna is gonna be on their post. That way a business and an athlete can both see before anything happens, okay, my post is gonna get 10,000 impressions and 4,000 engagements. And then a brand can say, okay, this is what that's worth to us. Because if it's an awareness, it's gonna be worth a little bit less than if it's like, hey, buy this water gun or like I don't even know what it is. So yep. if it's if it's a buy, then it's like let's say it's a 0.1% turnover rate. And like click through. So then it's like, okay, well, maybe it's only worth 150 bucks. But by seeing this, one, athletes who are getting underpaid will stop getting underpaid. And two, businesses who are grossly overpaying athletes will stop. And so it's it kind of goes both ways because all my athlete friends think I'm getting underpaid. Like they're not paying me enough, blah, 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 blah. Which honestly, most of the time is true, but sometimes isn't. And brands are like, we're overpaying for everything. And they're like normally underpaying, right? Like all yeah. these companies like, hey, Alex, we'll send you a thing of granola bars. Like, I'm not sure if you understand. I can walk into any room on a half a side of campus and get a free free granola bar yeah. times five and bring them home for my roommates. Like, and so it's those it's those brands that really hurt nil. And so what what Array is doing is saying like, no more dumb affiliate stuff, no more free product, no more whatever. Like, if you if you want someone if you want to send someone a free product, go do it and then pay them to post about it, because yeah. we're not going to have like. Like, and again, there's a few outliers like, oh, we want to send you a car. Okay. That's fine. Like I'll take that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But for the most part, we're, we're getting, get, getting rid of those things, making deals monetary and using the API to actually detect. So we have an exclusive sponsorship or a partnership with DMT in the space. So, so no other um, NIL organizations can, can, can use them. And then of course it's the, the lack of Local businesses in the exchanges, right? So right. all these companies, Mogul, Postgame, Open Sponsorship, Open Doors, those companies have all these great, you know, national brands. They have like, you know, NBC Peacock will sponsor when Notre Dame plays a game. They'll do, uh, you know, Nike will sponsor or Under Armour or like whatever. I won't get an Under Armour sponsorship. It won't happen. But I'll get Pat's Barbershop, right? And so what what we do is we actually hire interns at every school. It, we're starting the, the, the power five to get local brands on board so that 
at that school, we have big, big brands that do campaigns with Xbox and small and small athletes that, that can do brand deals with the local, the local distillery or like whatever it is. And that way we can actually say everyone has a chance. Everyone can do this. And small businesses, everyone wants to get in. Like, just like how we talked about earlier, like Ryan, you were mentioning, like everyone wants to get in. No one knows how to do it. No one knows how to maximize ROI. Here's a way. We're going to get you on a platform. Brands don't pay anything, right? Completely free. It's just a revenue share. Which is which is what has, has changed in some of these other platforms. Now right. you have to buy different memberships just to look at who's what athletes are on there. Yeah. And so, but like that's a great system. So if 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 I like I I have to applaud companies that charge 300, 400 a month for for brands to get on this database, but like we just have a different market. Like, so like no small business is gonna pay 300, 400 dollars a month because that's right. like their that's like their energy bill, like it's their water bill or like whatever, you know? And yeah. so th- there's absolutely a place for those. And that's why I don't really see myself as a true competitor in this space. Cause I feel like it's, it's very unique. So small businesses for no cost at all can join our, join our platform. We, we take about 8%. So if they give, you know, which is less well, than the other platform. Exactly. Yep. So if, if you were to give like join the platform for free, you could search our database of athletes. You can search by uh gender, sport, state, school, division, uh, you can search by conference. You can search by whatever. You can put special interest in there. You can search by, I like fried chicken and the Bojangles can can find you, right? Now we're talking. All these, yeah, all these search criteria. And then you can contact them through our platform and whatever you offer them, they make. So if you offer them a hundred bucks, they get a hundred bucks. I just get $8 in the process, right? And that's that's to run our site. So I mean, the, our that's that's the whole point of what we're doing. So then we have big, big deals happening where, you know, obviously it's a lot more than a hundred dollars. It's, you know, quarter million dollars with, with quarterbacks and that's fine. That's still done through our platform. That's still done here. But the best thing is the big businesses that can afford that are normally not large corporations. They're startups, right? Startups that just got a ton of money that want to get this thing out. And that's our market. Our market isn't these huge, absolute mammoths of businesses that can afford to just blow money. And the, the marketing team high fives when they get an impression it's, people who want to make sales and people who actually want to turn things over. And so I think understanding that our market is just very different is something that kind of opened my eyes to like, wow, this is, this is, I can do this with other brands, like other companies do this, but what we do is different. And so we kind of solved some of the issues that we we saw. And then also, you know, getting people on is is hard. So we actually allow athletes to get, to bring their friends on and take 4% of their first deal. They get half of our commission and so like we had someone who brought, who brought in a quarterback who's in a quarter million dollar deal. They got 10 grand just for bringing him on the platform. Yeah. Like, that's insane money, right? That's a, that's a win, right? That's a exactly. win all the way and so around. Now, so now everyone wants to bring their, their friends on. Businesses want to get on because it's free. And you know what? If, if I'm a haircuttery and I don't find anyone for my business, that's fine. But as we start to get these interns from local schools to get to get the brands on, now we have a platform full of brands that can afford quarterbacks and receivers and basketball players and a bunch of local businesses that are saying we can drive so much traffic to our golf course or pizza shop, whatever, all through these smaller athletes. And again, like I said, like I have eight, eight times more like engagement on my posts. And like, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not looking at like some, some ad board all the time, but if I'm scrolling through Instagram and our, Another kid on my team says, "Hey, go try this wing place." Uh, of course, I'll go. 
Yeah. And I, I didn't mean to, to to ramble, but there's there's lots of things we're doing. I'm very excited about it. Man, you didn't ramble. So you hit a couple you couple things that for sure I wanna um I wanna hit on. One, Cheney, do you see like I see Mark Cuban coming out here? Like this is a this is this is Mark Cuban when he was at Indiana, but we're just putting him at Clemson. So that's this right. is a small thing that's going to turn big, and and someday he may own the Panthers or something like that. So remember <laughs> us for tickets or something, right? Um, second, um, you know, you know, you you can tell when someone's a real deal when they know their numbers, right? And you know your numbers, you you know how the how the game works. The thing I like most is the transparency and the small business connecting the small business, right? Because we're talking about you know the the place where you get the haircuts or the local mom and pop restaurant that have never advertised online and they don't understand it. Whereas the industry thus far has been these big companies like Meta or, or Dunkin' Donuts, right? Right. Who have been advertising online for 20 years now and they understand what they need to get uh, to have success, right? Right. And so, and and so these these small companies, which what you're going after, you're helping them understand that social media marketing, right? But it doesn't always have to be just social media marketing. It can be part that, but also showing up at the restaurant, right? Exactly, and doing a handshake sort of thing, right? And so it's it's being able to have that that uh, flexibility to put deals together that that the businesses will understand how they are going to get that return on investment. So, man, I, I, I love it. Uh, I absolutely love it, man. I think, I think, thank you, by the way. Um, one of the, one of the favorite things about my platform that the other platforms scared me right? as a freshman athlete, not really understanding the rules and regulations of, uh, of the NCAA, but also this is so new. That like there's laws every day for this like crap. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I, I, it's hard to keep up with it, right? So what what we do at Array is if you have a partnership, we we take a look at your contract, we help curate your your contract, ensure that you you get paid for our platform and everything. But the biggest thing is we we make sure that whatever content you create is compliant with your state's rules. So for example, at That's Clemson. Big. If it's like, hey, go, like come to Dunkin' Donuts, I'm holding up a Dunkin' and I'm wearing a Clemson Paul, I can't do that, right? Because then it's, uh, so I need to go and ask them, can I use this logo? And I'm sure they, they'd say yes, but I need that in writing. Otherwise I can get banned from the NCAA. And so what, you know, I was caught off guard doing was doing these NIL deals where I was wearing a uh, Deshaun Watson jersey or I was wearing my uniform and I'm like, oh crap. Like, I can't do that. And no one told me, right? On the site, I would do the deal. I'd get paid and no one would say it. I would submit the picture I'm going to post and no one would say it. And that's the issue is like, if we're going to talk about, oh, we support athletes, we want, well, then how about protect them? So yeah. that's another thing we're doing to help help protect athletes from, from getting taken advantage of in a way. Well, and recently too, like the past couple of weeks, right? The new NCAA president came kind of has come out saying, Hey, NCAA rules and laws and compliance supersedes your state laws. Yeah. And I think that's still in, in progress. No, I'm 
if I'm not mistaken, I have I've been I've been away for the week, so I wasn't able to. Yeah, no, I think it's at, at the at the end of the day, I think it's a play to to create conflict between the state and the NCAA to have Congress, um, you know, try and solve this on a federal level. I think that's the the play with that because it's so from a guy that's spent 25 years as a governor of a major state to not understand the the uh legality of following state laws over a you know an organizational rule uh is i mean we know he knows the difference uh yeah so yeah. i think i think that was the play on it it's it's interesting too because i think that i think that the laws are so different and i don't know like i, I work at a country club and um it's a beautiful place actually and uh, every every time I'm there, I hear like, oh, you know, what do you do? And like, I run a startup, and they talk about this, and they're like, isn't it crazy? Those like, you know, nine, 19 year olds making millions of dollars. It's a shame. It really is. Like, they can't handle that kind of money. It's like, oh, so you're jealous that when you're in college, you didn't make all that money? Yeah. Like so, and and it's like I hear so many like rich old white men like, no, they should. That's crazy. They shouldn't make all that money. You know, my my grandparents is like, oh, that you know, no, that's that's ridiculous. You know, why are they getting a car? They they don't. They just play football. And it's like. So I think a lot of it is like people are like, they don't, I don't know what it is, but they like are gatekeeping. Like they don't want kids to like have this money and they don't want, and there is a part of it where it's like, yeah, you're going to make bad choices because you've never had money before. And you look at like, there's so many stories in football. Yeah, exactly. There's so many stories in football, people who have like, you know, made it out of the mud and, and they, you know, now they're getting $2 million a year, but it's like, why, why don't you want people to have money? Like, I don't. I don't get it. I think it'll, I, I think NIL in general, like at the state it is now will like, damage the mid-major for sure. And like hurt the, like the, like I would in a, in a decade, I won't make it to Clemson to be able to run track there. I wouldn't be able to go. Um, but I mean, we'll see what happens because it changes every day. So there, there's nothing we can really do other than to keep chugging. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think a lot of times people don't understand the financial workings of college athletics, right? How much these athletic departments, how much the teams are bringing in. Um, and, you know, like you were mentioning before, the scholarship breakdown for, you know, non-football, non-basketball athletes, you know, not everybody's getting that free ride, right? So it's yeah. the arguments a lot of times that they use against NIL don't really hold a lot of water when you apply it to the the entire college athletic landscape. And yeah. And quite frankly, you know, your, your quarterback now should be getting that type of money because he's a quarterback at a top five uh, year in year out football program. Right. And he makes the school so much money. Right. And that's exactly like my sister's like, Oh, baseball players make so much money. I'm like, well then, well then stop. Don't, don't support any company that buys ads for a game. Yeah. Because like, you should you should be making that money. You know how many freaking tickets they sell, and and like kids, like a girl in my uh, one of my classes. I I won't be super specific. Was talking about how you know it was a persuasive speech about how you know Clemson needs to to do better with their um, handicap accessibility. Like, yeah, this is great. This is awesome. She had all these great points, and because like, look at what they just built. They just built this freaking athlete branding nil facility, and they don't build a ramp. And I'm like. Are you an IFTA member? Because you need to be an IFTA member to get to get tickets. And she's like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "So you bought that?" I was like, "Not us." Yeah. Like <laughs> your tuition pays for that. Your ticket money pays for that. So like 
don't get it twisted. The money that they make is not the money that you make. And like, it's, it's unreal. It's unreal. Yeah. Hey, I want to hit one more thing. Cause I checked out your website and this was another reason why I really liked what y'all, what, what y'all are building there, because I saw a couple athletes that were being highlighted. Um, and there were football athletes. Absolutely. But you know, there mm-hmm. were other track athletes and, and, um, but it was, you know, I want to use the word authenticity, right? They were being authentic to what their interests were. You know, some of it was around nutritional products or, you know, that, that sort of thing. So talk a little bit about, you know, just advice in general for athletes on the type of content they are putting out um, and, and, you know, being authentic with it and how, and how brands kind of look for that type of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I would say my, my biggest advice for athletes is to, to obviously you hear this all the time, like find, find a niche, but like, even if you don't have a niche, like for me, like I don't, I'm not really a content creator. I don't make reels all the time. I don't really post that much, but it's like, I, you know, I love track. I love posting about my, my events and how they went, but also like other day, like I went golfing and I got a cool pick of me golfing and I posted it because I, like, I enjoy golfing and I'm going to Disney th- this week and I'm probably going to post a picture from, from Disney world. Cause I love Disney world. And it's like, why not post about the things you like? Cause brands are going to want to see who you are. Right. And so one of my friends, Mackenzie, she, she runs an awesome account. Um, she makes all different kinds of food. She loves baking and cooking and, um, doing all these recipes. So she posts them all the time and people follow her because they want to see, Oh, I wonder what she's making today. Oh, that looks so good. She always makes the best things. I want to see what she's making. And so that turned, that was a personal interest for her that, that turned into a, a job, right? Like now she's earning by supporting these brands and doing this stuff. And I think, <clears throat> I think it's super important to, to understand, like post what you like and and post what you do. And, um, if you only post your sport, like utilize your Instagram story. Like, I think like, that's like my favorite thing is I'll post, like, I'm a big tour de France fan. Like I post like every day for like the freaking stage winner, of the tour de France for 21 days straight. I post all kind of like during the masters. I think my story is flooded with like, you know, pictures of Scotty and like whatever. And so yeah post what you like because brands want to see it. Cause who knows a, a golf brand is going to come to me and say, Hey, we want you or a cycling brand is going to send, Hey, Hey, do you want to support our stuff? Like why, like why not post what you're interested in? Because M- Mackenzie started doing it and now she has all these sponsorships with food companies. And that's what it fits right in with, with what she posts. Cause if I like randomly like supported some like CPAP machine, like that's nothing to do with my life. Like that's <laughs> like literally nothing to do with it. But if I posted, I have sleep apnea. Like, man, this is so annoying. Boom. I could get a sponsorship. It'd be so creative. It'd be a great way to sponsor it. But yeah, I guess, I guess that's all. Post yeah. what you like, post what you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Alex. Hey man, I wish we had more time on this. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to get you back on yeah. uh, at some point in the future, but tell people how they can get a hold of you, but also how they can check out your platform. That's awesome. So um, you can email me at alex at arrayathletic.com. And um, just visit arrayathletic.com. My Instagram is alex2too, full, like ate too much food. Um, you guys can find me there. And yeah, join, join the wait list for athletes. We're launching in the fall. If you want a piece of the pie at your school or nationally, you can join our wait list. And if brands want to join, you can also hop on our brand portal and join there. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for joining us on NIL Undressed. As always, every like, subscribe, and share is greatly appreciated.